This call is being recorded. Welcome, everyone, to episode five of uh, the Banter Pub uh, FC podcast. Uh, my name is Neil Carter, and I am with. This is Sheldon Gay. And this is Joseph. Um, you don't need to know my last name. Government. <laughs> sure. sure, we could just go by first names. It's, it's me, Sheldon, <laughs> and Joseph. That's fine. Um, you know, usually we, uh, you know, I guess we're, you know, everybody, including the league, is in quarantine. And I think that's the biggest uh, news out of uh, the world of football, the beautiful game, that, that the beautiful game is all but canceled or postponed, except in certain leagues. There are certain leagues that are playing in empty stadiums, um, as evidence of Galatasaray uh, playing a game a few days ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, I think usually, uh, we, you know, we see a situation where, uh, uh, I think the, the, the FA hasn't made a decision on the premier league yet. And we actually joked before we started getting recording that, uh, you know, Liverpool is cursed and, and never winning a premier league title. I'm of the mind that, uh, I would just seed unfortunately and i and i hate saying this as a united supporter but see the title to liverpool um and what i would like to hear that can you say it louder louder (laughs) (laughs) you're you're, you're only hearing it once and i'm not repeating it and because i'm not going to slip up i'm not going to slip up like 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 other clubs um Uh, here we go here we go uh uh, what 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 I would like to see, and I wanted to wait until we started recording before I posed this to everyone else, uh, is a play is if they decide to uh, not necessarily to postpone the league, but then play into like the summer months and then the early fall of this year. I'm curious what folks think about the possibility of the the teams in the relegation zone and the teams in the top three of the championship playing in a six team playoff style, single elimination to either go up or go down. Yeah. And then like, um, so like, so like the, so like the three teams that are in the championship top three right now, two of which are going to mm-hmm. be playing in a playoff anyway, if, if, if slash when the championship comes back, um, and, you know, obviously the team in the, in, in the first spot in the championship gets an automatic bid into the Prem, but it's different in the Prem. The, the bottom three teams just automatically go down. And their mm-hmm. argument is let's continue the league so that we have the chance to stay up. My thought process right. is, well, if there are random players that are testing positive for the coronavirus, then why not just have <clears throat> and and as far as I know, the bottom three teams, there hasn't been any positive cases of any of the players from the bottom three teams yet in the Prem. So my thought process is have them play, you know, when the downward, you know, I, I guess we're in the downward curve, when the when the world is in the downward curve, have the top three teams that are already going to, two of which are going to be in the playoff anyway, and the and the team in the number one spot in the championship play the bottom three teams and see who stays up and who stays down. So it keeps those teams active. And those are the teams that are really fighting for stuff because there's such a sizable gap between Liverpool 
and the rest of the table in the top four, it doesn't make sense for the re- it doesn't make sense for there to be a fight there. Maybe for second through fifth for the Champions mm-hmm. League spot, but outside of that, I don't really see a reason to like the, the middle of the table is playing for Europa League. I I I guess, but yeah. Yeah, so so really quickly, I, I'd like to just review what are the kind of three proposals that you know I've heard about that have kind of been put on the table. One, which is just absolutely, let me just say the most ridiculous, preposterous, not going to happen one, which is to completely void, uh, you know, the year. I think that I mean, aside from being a Liverpool fan and and feeling cheated out of a year, I just that just seems like worse than throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of a, right. you know, situation. I agree. Um, so, you know, at, at least we've stated that now. Let's quickly move on. Um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, the other. Oh, Sheldon, you thought it was that easy. You really thought? You thought You thought I was going to let you off the hook? Nope, absolutely not. No, it is going to happen. You know why? Because you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Liverpool are cursed, fam. That's what we're dealing with. Okay, Liverpool are get, look. All right, I'm not going to get back into it. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, when we move, let's, let's move back. That the other option is to just take what we, you know, the standings that we already have. So, um, you know, those who are in relegation zone, go ahead and get sit down. Um, and again, whatever position you're in right now, that's just is what it you know is what it is. Um, but then there are also things like what you're discussing, um, which are you know this opportunity to play out um, games. You know, personally, what I would like to see is you know first and foremost, let's get uh, you know on the downward curve. Let's get to you know safety for folks before we even consider like seriously playing um these games but if that's you know in the summer fine um you know let's have that and, and you know try to play as many of those games as possible but i think what would be interesting and also kind of a i don't know i'm gonna say like a consolation prize but i think it would be you know kind of cool to have this playoff for you know relegation because uh actually that just reminded me one of the other things that we had heard about was this opportunity for um, all of the for none of sorry none of the teams in relegation to be relegated this year, but then to bring up teams for uh, from championship and everyone plays to plays together next season and then after next season you know essentially we go back to the normal amount by kicking out you know uh, relegating <clears throat> excuse me those who, who fall to the bottom. Um, I think that the idea of a playoff is more interesting. I think, again, it just, it's much more exciting. Um, and it's all, it also requires a lot less uh, altering of schedules and, you know, just different things for the next season. There's a lot less questions to answer. Um, it's much more straightforward. But if you think about the opportunity to see, uh, you know, a relegation zone playoff uh, for, for, you know, the summer or whatever, I think that that's, uh, you know, kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, um, 
before you give your opinion, Joseph, I, just so just so uh, we have context here, the teams in the the team. So the championship table is as follows: if if the league ends, Liverpool win the title. The premier table stays as is. The championships table stays as is. But the bottom three teams just get added to the Prem next season. Those teams would be Leeds United, West Brom, and Fulham. As a United supporter, I would love nothing more than to send that terrible, awful, disgusting club Leeds back down to the championship. I'd, I'd love nothing more than that. Um, I, I, I don't really care about West Brom. I don't really care about Fulham. Um, but I just want leads to come up so we can knock their legs from under them and send them right back down. I, I've wanted nothing more than the joy of them coming up and feeling the joy of being back in the Prem and then the Prem saying, no, not so fast. You don't, you, you actually don't belong here. Um, and, the, and the bottom three for the uh, Prem, just for additional context, are Bournemouth, uh, Aston Villa, and Norwich City. Um, so, if we, if we, if 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 they're, st- I'm sure you know Norwich, which was you know, I, I can't remember the last time they actually won a game or drew a game, because um, I because I remember the form they were in at the beginning of the season. You know, I'm you know we all do. And we saw how, you know, Pookie, you know, Pookie party and, and how good of a striker he was. We all had him on our fantasy team, um, as did most Premier League fans. Uh, mm-hmm. And now and now he's, you know, I guess showing his true form or, or showed his true form up to the point that the league had to halt. Um, and Norwich is suffering. Um, uh and you know we, you know, Bournemouth and uh, Aston Villa. But I mean, Aston Villa. I've never considered them a threat. Uh, at least, I mean, it's not the '90s anymore. So, so um, you know, uh, Aston Villa isn't really much of a threat now. And you know, Bournemouth going back down is, uh, or, or Bournemouth staying for next season. But then the possibility of going down next year. That's I'm I'm totally fine with that. Uh, having them stay or go leads are the only one that I really, really want to come up. So then we can knock their, their egotistical brat self back down into the prep. I have never wanted the team to go up more than I've wanted Leeds to come up. So Manchester United can be the team that plays them in the final game of the season and sends them back on to the championship. <laughs> That's how bad I want this, them to, to join this, the prep. <laughs> It sounds like uh, like you dated a young lady from Leeds, and she, you know, like this sounds really personal. <laughs> I wish it was, but it's not. I think it runs deeper than that. To be fairly honest with you, um, I don't know what was really going on there. I mean, yes, you know, we all hate Leeds, as the song goes, <laughs> and all that sort of fun stuff. But Neil, is everything okay, fam? Are you? You good? Is everything all right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, well, Joseph, curiously, I mean, h- how do you feel ab- about the playoff? Do you, do, do you think the Leeds, West Brom, and Fulham deserve to be added to the Prem, considering how many teams are already in there anyway for next <clears> season? <throat> the possibility of just adding them to, 
the, the possibility of just adding the, the the top three when they are used to at least the um, the team in the teams in uh, third through sixth are used to playing in a playoff to to be the third team added into the prem anyway in the championship. So right. you know, and and the rest of those teams are uh, so third is Fulham, fourth is Brentford, fifth is Nottingham Forest, and sixth is sixth is Preston. Of those teams, three through six, I'd love for Nottingham Forest uh, to be up in, you know, in the Prem again. Everybody remembers, uh, you know, how similar to Aston Villa, how uh, particularly in the in, in the early, or, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, how strong of a side they had and how dominant they were. Um, so, so I'd love for them to come back to that prominence and for that area of the country to have money from the print too. So what are your thoughts? Well, um, just to make something clearer, to clear up um, a little thing here, the top sure. two get automatically promoted from the championship. Right, that's so, what I said. Did, did, oh, did I say right. something different? Yeah, I think you said at the beginning that um, first gets automatic and then... Uh, oh, I might I'm sorry. Have mistaken, I might have mistaken there. But regardless... So with those top two, I don't think that they should have to contest for a playoff place at all. But it's determining who's going to be the two that get automatically swapped out with them and who has to battle for a playoff place. So my thinking is 17 should contest the winner of the uh, the championship playoff. Um, mm. And then from there, you know, the team that wins basically does, it will decide the, be whether or not that team goes down or whether that team stays up. They're like last chance saloon, if you like. I know that that's a model similar to what they do in Scotland um, in certain lower divisions. Um, I think so it's you're done saying in the like pyramid. It's, it's top two, so, sorry, just to clarify. You're yeah. saying top two championship automatically up, bottom yep. two creme automatically down, and then yep. let uh, – the rest just fight it out to see what, where they, they end up. That's right. So okay. that's, that's, that's what we're looking at. So as it stands, the playoff would be, I mean, let's be fair. There's still quite a few points up for grabs. So I don't quite like the fact, this is another Serie A mm-hmm. thing that I was referencing earlier with a point between West Brom and Leeds. Is that really a conclusive winner of the league? Like, especially no. when there's 46 matches to play, you're only on your 37th fixture. There's, right. um, there's like nine matches in it. Uh, and then, of course, the points they're in. So mm-hmm. th- that, for me, mm, it, it doesn't feel conclusive. But all right. No one's named champion, however, the top two are promoted. Because I think yeah, that's... I mean- that and and so just quickly, that's why I, in my mind, when I when we were initially talking about it, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess I missed that part. But I was thinking about it as you know a all-out playoff because, like you said, there's just not enough there's, there's there's not enough conclusivity in like who's at the bottom of the prem, who's at the top of the championship, and so it just felt more fair to say, okay, look. There's no perfect solution here necessarily, uh, yeah, but so. why don't you just all fight it out and see, <clears throat> excuse me, what 
uh, you know, what, kind of what, 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 out of that um, that group. But yeah, because again, there's just there's it's, it's close to the end of the year, but there's still an, enough games and one point, even three points is is not. I mean, uh, even six points really wouldn't be conclusive. You feel more confident. One two zero zero. But you know, there's just too many games left to one two zero zero. Um, kind okay. of definitively say that. Okay. Any one one team, you know, should automatically be sliding where they are. But you know, I guess that's what we'll figure out um, in the coming, you know, uh, weeks. Or what did you say? So, she came to the number two in the collection. Agency was actually I think. I think also a really important thing is that there's still going to be teams that miss out. So, for example, the the three the third through sixth positions are Fulham, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, and Preston. They would be contesting the playoff in you know a championship, and then of course that would make the 17th place Premier League um, thing. But there are, by my count, we, especially with as many matches left in the um, in the championships to play, there are roughly about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Seven, seven clubs realistically in a shout to get that last playoff spot mm. because it's about it's about six points between them. That's not right. a lot mm-hmm. to play for. That was going to be a very exciting stretch as well for the championship. And I think a competition that's rated so highly, and I think turns over what more ratings than the Serie A does. Speaking of which, then you know it's it's like they're missing out two, and this is a very competitive division. So there's, we're not going to be able to solve all of these problems. Some clubs are just simply going to have right. to again. Um, yeah. But at least we don't have that problem uh, where the Premier League title is concerned. As I said before, being as unbiased as I possibly can, <laughs> it would not, it would not matter if um, the league was abandoned, but Liverpool were made champions. As a result of where things stand, it would it would it be miserable for Arsenal? Yes, because we get no European football next season. The FA Cup is off as well, so that was our last chance and things of that nature. We will deal with that when we get to that bridge. But right now, if we're talking about deciding who goes up, who goes down, and who's champions, I think that's the best way of doing it. If we had the 17th place position Premier League side, which I think is Bournemouth, Watford. Uh, it's uh, uh, Watford, Watford 17, Bournemouth 18, Villa 19, Norwich 20. Okay. Um, 17. So it should be 18 that they should play, isn't it? Not 17. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so it should be 18th place. So the 18th place is who again? Sorry. Uh, uh is that Bournemouth? Bournemouth? That's no, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. So yeah, it'll be Bournemouth versus the winner of who the four clubs that I mentioned earlier and they sort themselves out. So let's just say for argument's sake, let's say Fulham makes it to the um, you know to clear the com- uh, the conference, the championship playoff. They'll face Bournemouth for that all important match, whether they go up or whether they stay in the division below. Pretty much as simple as that. Um, I like. I mean, uh, considering Fulham had done. A considerable amount. The last time they were in the prim, which was a season a season ago, they they had done a significant amount of business in the summer. I mean, granted, none of that business actually that panned out. out. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> they, was, did a, they, did a, they, they did a they 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 did a significant amount more business than 
uh, really any other club that summer window um, in the, at least in the prem. And I was shocked, uh, you know, um, Sean Michael Sari did, did, so, you know, I thought he was going to be a great player and I, and maybe he would be a great player somewhere else. Um, but, you know, everyone was touting him as like the next best mid, you know, the, 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 uh, the next best thing in world football coming from a team, you know, playing for Fulham. And now he's, you know, playing in the championship, uh, you know, doing his thing there. Well, at least paused, but speaking of pause, uh, <laughs> um, we'll try to transition the best we can to uh, another interesting story that broke during the middle of this crisis, or, or I shouldn't say crisis, but pandemic um, uh, across the world. Um, and uh, I'm, go- I'm gonna just summarize it as the title as uh, Rodolino's uh, Fall from Grace. Um, there, there has been a significant amount of stories surrounding um, what once was one of the greatest, uh, not just Brazilian players, but certainly one of the, but certainly one of the greatest players to ever lace them up. Um, yeah. And similar to, I would argue, Pele, Maradona, um, uh, you know, R nine, so many players that have amazing careers. Um, and then one or two things happen, one or two dominoes, one or two negative influences in their circle. Um, but this is what happens when you put squares in your circle, they don't fit. Um, Uh and I think, I I don't want to say that was the case here, but obviously we all have our opinions of, uh, him as a player, but I think for this, for this kind of situation, we we have to almost separate what we know of him as a player growing up, right? Because all of us grew up in uh, – most of the folks listening to the show and most of the folks um, uh, that are on the show uh, grew up in an era where Rodolino was one of the most prominent players in, in, in the beautiful game. And now to see him in his role, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, really. Two two things. To that, what you were just saying, so far as him being one of your players, like I'll just say that. <clears throat> excuse me. My wife watches no sports really. Um, well, no no sports, but she even knows who Ronaldinho is. So just imagine what you you know, what kind of impact you have to have, where people who don't even care about sports still know who you are. Right. So that was who Ronaldinho was. But um, what I wanted to make sure that we did was for those who don't know that we kind of give some context as to sure. what actually happened. Sure, um, please do. So <laughs> from from what I remember reading, this this is the, the short story. And please fill in any gaps because for me, it, it comes down to the bottom line. Talking about the, the squares or we'll just, at least for now, we'll just say, you know, Ronaldinho's <laughs> associates. <laughs> they decided to make a, you know, haphazard trip 
down to what it was Peru? Where was it? Sorry, remind me. Uh, Paraguay. Paraguay. Sorry, my there, there was someone else talking about going to Peru. They they decided to go down to Paraguay and forge passports um, to get in, and obviously that is generally not a good idea. Um, and they get caught up and now uh, are in jail and have um, what is it a four million dollar they they put a four million dollar bail uh, set up a four million dollar bail for Ronaldinho. So now, <laughs> did, the to- did the tournament already happen? Because what was supposed to be happening is that the, the joke, the reason why it even, or one of the reasons why it came up as this crazy headline is because it's talking about Ronaldinho playing in jail for the prize of a suckling pig. And you're like, what? What are you talking about? This makes no sense. And so you start digging into the story. And sure enough, like I said, he's forged these passports with one of his friends. They think, like I said, I, I don't know what they were thinking, but then they end up in jail, and now he's, you know, uh, gosh, I, re- I wish I remember the name of some of these, like, funny movies where, you know, the, the star gets, you know, uh, uh, put in jail, and then, you know, they, they've got to play basketball or play some sport while they're there, you know, uh, for the, the opportunity to get out or whatever but right um, this is this is it sounds like something out of a you know a comedic movie but it sadly isn't um and i do think that it it though speaks to what to what neil was mentioning but if i've misunderstood any details or if i've left out any key details please fill them in but that's i want to make sure that people kind of understood what we're talking about well sure and and thank you for the additional context so in addition to his jail time, there is a fine of $1.8 million in debts, um, mm. or I'm sorry, million euros. And mm. um, he was fined, in addition to the 1.8, he, he, oh, he and his uh, folks owe an additional okay. 2.2, uh, 2.2 million euros for illegally building a pier at his lake house. <laughs> So he are so he owes two point two, and then an additional one point eight. Now you would think, oh, you know, he has all these endorsement deals because he's, you know, uh, you know, he's one of the most world-renowned names ever, and everything like. And it's like, yes, but also no. If he has a bunch of people in his circle who are telling him to buy a suckling pig for a tournament. Uh, <laughs> um, and I know Joseph has been chopping at the bit because he said, uh, uh, because he said in the WhatsApp group that Ronaldinho was going to quote get these hands, and he rightfully so. Uh, but yeah, I just I, this whole story is so all over the place, and it's perfectly timed for what's happening in the world right now with the coronavirus and everyone's quarantined. So we really didn't. Ha- so this recording is very loose, obviously, and we are going to shoot shots and you know we all three of you know all three of us and everybody else who's going to be joining a little bit later will do that so joseph what are your thoughts on this situation I mean, but also I don't, Ronaldinho. <laughs> I, don't I mean I, I said he was going to get roasted and he has to get roasted because this is the most bizarre thing i think i've ever seen a footballer do like not just not just to get into the country illegally um you know, fake passport and all that sort of stuff. But first of all, 
why on earth are you using a fake passport to buy a pig, a suckling pig? Is something <laughs> like what are you going to be doing with this pig, fam? That's the first right. thing that I think of. Right. You are literally traveling on a fake document, yeah, right. to get a suckling pig, <laughs> and you don't want anybody to attribute that to you. You don't want anyone to know you were in the country at the time. It's a fucking pig. It's nothing like you're not going to be doing anything nefarious with it. I should hope not. <laughs> well, I was, I really well there's hope the not. question, right? There's the question. It's like, why do you? This is this is why the story makes no sense. You're like, that's why I'm like, am I missing something here? Because exactly, this like, man is what? literally trying to go like Pablo Escobar on a pig. <laughs> it's a pig, son. It's a, what are you going to be doing with this pig? Why are you traveling on a fake document, my guy? You do that for cocaine. You do that for like heroin. You do that. Like some illicit backroom <laughs> deals where you're basically buying up a, a ton of land and, you know, you're going to be right. building these condos on it that nobody's ever going to stay in. And it's a bit <laughs> of a white elephant, but it's a waiting for you to go ahead and rinse tax money that you otherwise should be paying. You know, white collar crimes. But a pig, right. my guy? Like, what right. is I don't get it. I genuinely read that and I'm just like, yo, man. Ever since this guy came out in full throated and full chest support of Jair Bolsonaro. He's been moving mad, and I don't understand what's wrong with Ronaldinho. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't somebody want to start like a crowdfund for him, but then his former teammates were just like, no, we're not. We're not, we're not, we're not <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that part, but that, that sounds about right. I mean, this is one of the things I was talking about in the chat the other day, which is like, you know, look, um, because, the, you know, another part of this story was uh, there apparently being a report that um, you know Messi was going to pay these you know fines or whatever for him, but then his camp Messi's camp came back and was like, no, 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 that's not true. But again, I think Ronaldinho sounds like it's just in that place where people probably been covering stuff up or like you know kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt for a while, and there's probably people now who are just like, look, man, you. <laughs> You so if he's always been you. if he's always been like this, then <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't it, know what it, to make. Any I, of it. I I cannot. I can say it to you. I I legit am like, what am I missing here? Because it just doesn't add up. Like for what? For what? But um, but I mean, again, you know, sorry to cut across. But again, I, this bit has to be stressed. My man went James Bond for a pig. A pig. He I get the sense um, before we move on, but before we move on, but I get the sense that it, I feel like it's a mix of a plot between Shrek and uh, Ocean's Eleven. Like yeah, it's something that was on the cutting room floor. Like, this is so weird. You are no, literally breaking the law for a pig. Are you not allowed to have the pig? Like, is there something that breaks? Is there a law against having a pig who is nursing? Is that, is that it? Like, what were you going to do with this pig? Just tell people that so we can understand why you do something so fucking stupid. Excuse my friend. So stupid. Like, no. this is, it's like, my God. It's a pig. I don't. I'm it, sorry. I'm just going around. It, it, <laughs> no, I, think we, I, I, I think we've gotten to the bacon of the issue, but I think <laughs> we need to go back. Is like, <laughs> it's, 
fundamentally, before we move on, I think let me go back to the to the point of like again, it, it speaks to this thing about in life the importance of who you have around you and right. you know who who is that like sounding board for when you say something really ridiculous that they either say you know what <laughs> let's do that um or they say dude like sit down this ain't you know this is not the thing um and we've all done you know stuff that quote unquote crazy uh, or you know kind of spur of the moment but there's a limit and then you know there's like fun you know whatever you know as I call them rocking chair stories stories that you can tell when you're older you sit in the rocking chair and you want to you know tell the young folks about the, the good old days or whatever they're those stories and then there are those stories that are like do I even make it to the rocking chair because I'm locked up in jail over a fucking pig and right. <laughs> you know so um but I mean again I think it's 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 important for anyone but then particularly as you get higher to the top because people you know who are really at that pinnacle have so many people trying to please and trying to remain in good graces um you know to the point where it's it's that you know the emperor has no clothes right and so um you know I just wanted to kind of like drive home what apparently he does not have is folks who can, you know, who who are in his circle, who are rational, and who are honest with him. Um, and that is sad because uh, now, like I said, he's got this story to look back on and say, well, what was I, like, how did I end up here? Um, and I don't know that anybody will ever know the answer to that. Um, so anyway. That was just the last point that I wanted to make real quick. Yeah, and I think, you know, hopefully we will see what happens uh, at, in this ever tumultuous story. Um, we will be on top of it and bring you an update, uh, dear listener, next week. Uh, from from go- story going forward before we move on, because I think a story of this magnitude definitely needs a name. Like, you know, you know how these celebrity scandals, how they have names and stuff? Um, so what I was thinking was like, um, was it like Ronald, Ronaldinho and the pork chop or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> we can revisit it yeah. as a running title. Yeah, we'll go with Ronaldinho and the secret pork chop. Something like, <laughs> <laughs> like Harry Potter and the prisoner of Azkaban or some shit. Right. <laughs> I like the, I, I like where you're going and, and we, and we, and we will talk about it. Uh, offline. Um, uh, so, so moving on. Obviously, you know, with with coronavirus running running rampant across the globe, um, lots. You know, as we mentioned in the opening segment, lots of uh, leagues are temporarily halted. Some are deciding whether or not they're going to cancel the entire uh, league for that for that season. Um, but the Copa Libertadores, um, which is a predominantly South American, uh, a, a, a majority of the South American leagues uh, get together to crown a champion um, in the middle of their season, uh, which, you know, um, some, some would argue isn't wise, but, you know, they do it anyway. Uh, and uh, this year is no different. Obviously, FIFA in their uh, – 
infinite money grabs, money grabbing capitalist wisdom, um, decided to capitalize on that and finally got the rights to the Copa Libertadores and added that to the current iteration of their uh, FIFA game. So it's right now on FIFA 20. This is not a uh, endorsement of that game because it's terrible, but uh, so bad. Uh, but, um, you know, w- there was a match over uh, uh, since uh, the last episode of this record of, of this podcast uh, between uh, Gremio and Internacional um, that ended uh, nil nil. But on top of that, if, the, if, the, if that wasn't the icing on the cake for this first leg, there were eight. Not right. not not one red card, but eight red cards in a single match. Now, yeah. I think this is unprecedented. I don't think I've ever heard of this in the in in the history of my watching the beautiful game. I've never seen. I've, I've seen two or three players get sent off, but never eight. I, this is something combined. I, you know, that is half of a team. If if it was one side, but com- I, please chime in because I, I watching the yeah. highlights. You know, obviously we didn't see the game live, but watching some of the highlights, seeing some of the actions that were committed, some could argue that the ref was being a little overzealous with a lot of his red cards and was just throwing it up for the sake of throwing it up to get players off rather than dealing with the situation to the best of his ability. Um, it wasn't like any of these players were testing positive for uh, coronavirus and were coughing and sneezing on other players. So that instituted the red card. That wasn't happening. But, uh, you know, no, this I mean, entire situation. Go ahead, Sheldon. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I mean, watching the highlights, it just kind of got out. It got real testy very quickly. It was one of those things where, you know, you have one bad tackle and, you know, people kind of, you know, tense up or whatever. And maybe, excuse me, things get a little bit more physical. But it just seemed like the ref took too long to really get it under control. And then once that pressure had built up, it just exploded. And, you know, people are, you know, like, I, you know, when we were talking about in the chat, I was saying it was just like, it, it was it was almost back to like FIFA 95, where you could like basically like chop people on the field because it just people it was just mayhem and like right. you said i've never seen eight red cards and i uh, you know i could have taken five seconds and maybe looked up the most red cards in a game but i would have to think that's that's at least up there if not the most because i mean at some point <laughs> you don't even have players left on the field um right. and i i think one thing that would have at least to that point that would have helped is because i think one of the people who got at least one of the people who got the red card with someone from the sideline, um, you know, who was not on the pitch, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't playing, but obviously had rushed onto the pitch uh, to, to, you know, join in all the mayhem. But, yeah, I think the, the ref should have just taken um, control a lot earlier. But at that point, it you know, it, it was just the benches cleared. It was just, you know, like I said, it was just absolutely out of control. So, um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. Joseph, you got anything to kind of to add to that? 
Well, I thought it was entertaining. Um, yeah, I did think that, um, for all the sake of like football fights and things of that nature, that actually had a bit of zing to it. You know what I mean? Um, there were, I can't remember if it was a bad tackle that started it off or not. Um, in the build up, that was definitely part of it. But when things really got flared up, is when somebody grabs somebody by the throat, so they're both grabbing somebody. They're both. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the names, but they were both grabbing each other by the throat. Everybody started piling in. They were near the byline, so obviously benches could get cleared and things of that nature. Right. People were flying in um, with you know punches and kicks and things of that nature. It, it did get pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I don't think the ref tended to make the um, proceedings more than what they were by sending that many people off because that many people were absolutely throwing hands. <laughs> like, it was, it was just, it was well, at some point, if, if, if you can't get control of the game, just call it off because, as Sheldon said, eight players combined takes away half of the, a considerable amount of players on the field because if you have – if you don't have enough substitutes, um, then, then – that leaves you at a severe disadvantage, particularly if, you know, and I, and I'm pretty sure it's, uh, these are, these are the same rules and it's not a club friendly, obviously. So you don't have unlimited substitutes. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so you only get three. And if you only get three, you know, as per, you know, not just competition, you know, not just regular competition and league play, but in, in this case, a, uh, region-wide competition like you would think they would practice a little bit of uh discretion and just at at least the league officials that were present at the game practice some discretion and just cancel the game altogether um or rather not cancel it but just but just end it abruptly or do what or, or do what they did in the bundesliga when they had the banners that we talked about three episodes ago or two episodes ago and have them do the kick around, the, the the players that are left. So, definitely agree that there's things that you can do like that on an administrative level. But I think the most important thing is is that the ref looked at both sides and thought, well, let them fight. And we were all better for it if we really think about it. Like it makes us all warm and fuzzy inside. It gives us <laughs> something to talk about, you know. Like, in all seriousness, absolutely yes. Do make sure that you call the match off. In in a better scenario, you would do that. Um, even though that would kind of inflame tensions, I think. So it's probably right. a good reason for not doing it. But if you're not going to do it, then yeah, eventually, they'll stop trying to like, you know, Liu Kang flying kick somebody like a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of those, to be fair. Like people yes, there were. Heavy with the studs. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll be able to reprimand everybody. Obviously, he consulted video to make sure he was sending the right people off, right? Um, I think the ref handled it just fine. Okay, yeah, there's, a, 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 there's room for improvement, hindsight being 2020, but obviously, I don't think we necessarily were better off for it and there were still enough players to go ahead and play out which were we were coming to the end of the match in the first place i think 
So that's probably got to get stressed. And the amount of time that was added back on was because of the fracker that was down there between both teams. So I don't think it was the match. Handled... Yeah, it was. It was um, how how many minutes were made? I think it was like the eighty eighty something minute, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, like the match was almost over, and then this stuff happens, which is great because it felt like a bit of WWE in the middle of a Copa Libertadores match. And I, as a passionate wrestling fan, would never object to that. So <laughs> I'm just a little disappointed that no one came out there with a chair or like you know like a like kendo stick. Or something burning like table, <laughs> a burning table, a casket. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't know how we're going to transition, but we will try uh, to uh, IX um, and uh, Quincy Prom. Quincy Proms, obviously, uh, one of the standouts um, of uh, not just a very strong Netherlands side. I know Sheldon takes pride in the fact that. There are several Liverpool players playing in the playing in the in the Netherlands side, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Ajax playing in the Eredivisie um, is uh, w- while some people view the Eredivisie as a farmers league, and they and they view Ajax as like the kind of team that people can pick from constantly. And to be fair, after there's successful run in the champions league last year where they were world beaters um uh and uh, several players several of their best players were you know picked from the team um they are still churning out quality despite being kicked out of the uh champions league uh recently or, or at least prior to the um uh the current round we're in now so uh yeah i think um you know i really like the, the, I, you know, if I was a, a, a supporter of a Erdovizzi side, it would probably be Ajax. And I really like uh, Quincy Proms as a player. Um, and I would obviously love to he- see him play for Manchester United. I know that's obviously never going to happen. But um, uh, I think he's a quality player. And what he did with this little boy where he basically brought him uh, onto uh, the practice field and then he nutmegged him. Um <laughs> Uh, certainly is a example of training up a player, um, particularly a young player. I don't know if the boy was a ball boy for Ajax or if he was, it's unclear whether he was a ball boy, uh, a a relative of a player or one of the uh, youth players. That's unclear, but the nutmeg was hilarious. Um, Everybody reacting to it was equally funny. And I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've spent some time sitting on the video uh, and the content. So I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on the, the nutmeg heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was a fun moment, man. I mean, like you said, it wasn't 100% clear whether the, the kid was, you know, family, uh, uh, a mascot, a youth player, or whatever, like, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, the video starts out with them carrying them out like you would, you know, when you're messing with like your little cousins or siblings or whatever. And then, you know, the kid, he's, he's got, you know, he's got some spunk. And so he's like, you know, thinking he's going to, uh, uh, you know, juggle and, and kind of, you know, just play, you know, play around or whatever, kind of just show off his skills and then turns out he gets megged and yeah the whole you know 
when you when you look around and all your you know idols or whatever or the team period just is like you know getting on you and is like no you know go off now like you know go back to where you belong um it was you know kind of a fun moment so i'll be honest with you <clears throat> i haven't actually watched the video yet <laughs> oh, well well you should get to that um and uh what and and we'll and we'll save your reaction for the next the, uh, the next episode um and move right on into uh real quick and uh Joseph kind of alluded to it earlier, talking about Wayne Rooney. Um, he he wrote an article in the Players Tribune, um, uh, which is a uh, media source run by uh, athletes, um, and it's very well done, very well presented. Highly recommend checking out Players Tribune, um, and it's players in all sports or athletes in all sports, um, so it's not just dedicated to basketball or football, and. Um, he, you know, he basically wrote an article about how uh, players across the world, football players across the world, are used as guinea pigs. Obviously, we've seen examples of, you know, um, there are uh, kind of uh, hotep uh, reactions to uh, the uh, the uh, NFL combine and players being poked and prodded, um, and similarly, that happens obviously in. Uh, when 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 football players are being uh, transferred in the summer or in the winter, one of the first videos that that gets rolled out is them doing their quote unquote physical. It's not really much of a physical because they don't actually show them getting their blood drawn or anything like that. But they have them running on the bike with the with the uh, breathalyzer on there, you know, with the um, with the uh, lung machine on there, um, so they can test their you know lung capacity. And then they have them do like light workups and some and some kickups on the field. Um, and then they just start dapping up random players that are speaking <laughs> other languages. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of those videos. But then it's still, there, there is still a level of, and I agree 100% with, um, and it's not because he's a Manchester United legend, but because he is a legend in his own right in the, in, in the world of football, he, uh, you know, Wayne, Wayne Rooney was exactly right. Um, he is a prime example of, uh, football players being used as guinea pigs. And obviously, uh, you know, he cited several examples. Um, and I'm actually shocked that uh, this article isn't getting the attention, in my opinion, that it rightfully deserves, um, because there are a lot of parallels between uh, football or soccer and those players comparatively being used as guinea pigs as other leagues. And, you know, we don't have to go into those details, but I'm curious, you know, you know, after digging into the article a little bit, what y'all's thoughts are. Well, you want to go clear, first? You want me to take a crack at it? Go ahead. Yeah, to be clear here, Wayne Rooney's wrote an article about adopting a draft model in football. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, yes. Oh, That's is that correct. what he said? Okay, maybe um, I misread it. Go ahead. I don't know. Um... No, 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 no. So that's not what the, so he is saying that the, that the, that the government and the Premier League treated players like guinea pigs over, over the reaction to the coronavirus. But, but I was using the example of players um, about how some folks, particularly in the black community, see the NFL combine and see players getting ready in play, seeing college kids getting ready for the draft and how they are poked and prodded. And similarly, 
how that happens in the beautiful game when players are transferred and they are poked and prodded and presented in the same fashion. Um, that's the parallel I was making. I wasn't trying to take oh, away or, 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 okay. or add to his article. He was right. basically arguing that... Uh, yeah, he, he, he was just saying, look, like, you know, the league should have been shut down earlier, but um, they didn't, and they were, you know, it's almost as if they were waiting. They were using them as guinea pigs to see what would happen. You know, basically they put their, their health at risk because what can only be assumed to be the the amount of money that you know the league stood to lose based upon not playing games and so they were kind of like trying to stretch it out as far as possible but at the end of the day um you know i thought one of the key points that he made was that you know he said uh you know we understand that leicester's you know not a quote-unquote big club but you know they were kind of the first signal that things needed to be, um, you know, taken care of. Again, they're not the big club, and so people didn't really take it seriously. They said it shouldn't take for then Arsenal, you know, for Arteta to get, uh, you know, coronavirus to, 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 to right, for, for all the yeah. people to say, oh, whoa, hold That's on, right. like, let's do something, right? Yeah. And I think uh, this was very much so spot on, um, and, you know, what we had talked about and where I had mentioned in the chat and, you know, although I didn't mention him by name, but I think everybody knew who I was talking about. It's like, this reminded me, like I said, when Klopp was talking about all these fixtures, all these tournaments, all this stuff that we're trying to fit in from a football perspective. And obviously as a fan, like when I watch football every day, like, I mean, I, I love it. Right. But, but you have to start thinking about this, like what happens to the quality of the football. These are these are actual humans on the other side. This is not like FIFA. It's not a question of yeah, what right. I say FIFA yeah. <laughs> like, or PS every day, right? These are humans. And so the the reality comes like if we as a football community are asking people to put their health at risk just for the money and just for our own entertainment, like we need to step back and look at that. And so um yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, Rooney, you know, kind of picked up that that mantle and kind of, you know, told that story from this coronavirus perspective of like, you know, of course, yeah, a few weeks ago, it it wasn't clear that things were as bad as what it was, right? And so, fine. But once it really started to, to become clear, like, Italy's getting shut down and, you know, it it, it shouldn't take, like he, he said, for Arsenal to to be affected for things to really, you know, kick into gear for them to say, hold on, like, let's pause this thing um, because this could legitimately, you know, impact the players. It can impact our staff. It can impact just the the general community, um, you know, with what we're making decisions about right now. Um, and so that was, like I said, that was just a, a really good point that, that he made. Okay, <clears throat> so ultimately, what he's saying okay. is is that he's used to he's used to being used as a barometer, yes, um, for um, for basically whether or not the league does or doesn't plow ahead with officially doing something that would otherwise be unethical. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll let me see really really quickly if I can. Uh, um, 
and sorry, just really quickly, I'll try to read a couple of things that he said uh, because it also goes back to what we were talking about um, with regard to, you know, finishing the league later. But he said, um, this is one paragraph I'll read really quick. It says, it felt typical of the way things are done in football, that Leicester aren't a big enough team to cause any chaos. It's fine. We carry on. Then as soon as one of the bigger clubs, Arsenal, are affected, we finally make a decision. It felt like we were trying to limp along, keep football going, instead of getting everyone prepared for what's going to come. Uh, and oh, okay. Yeah, well, to that end, yes, he's absolutely right. That's exactly what they've done. UEFA is still doing that. They're still trying to find ways of... To play, yeah. To play. Um, but I just don't know why they just can't cut their losses like everybody else has. I mean, everybody from E3 all the way over to Coachella have have, have either postponed or cancelled things outright. It's just not worth the risk. We can't do business as usual at the moment because mm-hmm. the situation simply calls for it. This is a very contagious and communicable disease. This is mm-hmm. not flu. It's A, more lethal than flu as far as like the disproportionate numbers are concerned. B, it's more contagious than flu. <laughs> and mm-hmm. see, like, this is just, the, the the inconvenience is going to be felt on every possible level by any possible metric that you can think of. Now's the time to go ahead and hunker down and use those billions to make sure that everybody is okay. We will recoup it later. Right now, we've got to just focus on what we've got right here in front of us. We have a disease with no cure, no vaccine. People are saying if enough people catch it, they can build up herd immunity, but that's not the way that herd immunity works because you need a vaccine in order to achieve herd immunity. So it's like Mm -hmm. we don't have this at the moment. Football Mm -hmm. can wait. Like as much as we Mm -hmm. love this game, it can wait. And I hate the fact that we still have these organizations trying to push to get things to happen just for the sake of keeping some corporate sponsors or corporate partners happy. Like, this is not it. This is not the spirit of the beautiful game as we often kind of invoke it in supernatural, superstitious ways. But ultimately, this goes against that very ethic. This goes against that sort of stuff. We need to pause things for now. If we have to write them off, we'll write them off, but we'll come to that bridge when this stuff is over, at least until the curve is flattened, mind you. Mm -hmm. But, like... I don't. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I don't get ahead. why the money. Sorry, I, I just like my, just to finish my thought. I just don't get why these people feel like there's money burning a hole in their pocket, or the money's getting away from them. Like it just grew legs and started running away. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things that this has taught folks is, you know, what, how entrenched capitalism and the just the money the the drive for money is entrenched into folks everyday life and their their sense of value right because i think at the end of the day like if we're not to get too like esoteric and you know what i mean like let's yeah. kind of keep it you know but here here's the fundamental thing like one of the things it was like a week or so ago when mm-hmm. there was a video and this guy's on tv and i don't remember which network it was but, he, you know, they were talking about the world market falling. He's just like, look, give it to everybody. Give the coronavirus to everybody because as soon as we do that, um, you know, we can just, you know, the markets can, can fix themselves. And it's like, wait a second. So you're basically saying kill off 
some percentage of people just so that people's money this which which is really like this fanciful thing it's not like actually material but right this idea of you know value can be maintained because heaven forbid we think that we're losing something that is not actually material you know in light of actually losing something which is which is actually human life um and, and so that to me again was just like a, a major red flag event. That's a big takeaway that a lot of folks are going to see on a lot of different levels once this is all over. But um, the quote I was going to share again from Rooney is like, look, from the player's point of view, uh, if the season has to finish in June, finish in June, the Euros will be canceled 100%. We're happy to play until September if the season extends to then, if that's how it's got to be. That's our job. As long as we know we're safe to play and it's a safe environment for spectators, we'll play. Right? And, you know, that again, was another point, which is like, you know, if, again, we want football to be played and it's not about, it, that's not really the question. The question is, what is the most important thing um, at the end of the day? And if we have to, to, like you said, you know, just rearrange the schedules, if we got to do playoffs, if we got to do whatever to kind of make up for it, fine. But it, it just doesn't make any sense if at the end of the day, like you said, you know, people are losing lives or, you know, suffering, um, you know, in other ways just so that we can watch, you know, folks kick uh, a ball uh, across a pitch. Like, that's just not... It's, it's not worth it's it. Not a, yeah, it's not worth it. So, so yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, to, to, to wrap things up, obviously this is uh, going to be one of probably several, hopefully not... Un- for the until the end of the year um or this calendar year hopefully hopefully every episode this month uh upcoming will not be centered around the coronavirus and canceled play hopefully things will uh hopefully some some form of football will start up again and we'll be able to uh obviously talk about that so uh in that spirit um obviously every week we have a goal of the week and a man or woman moment of the match kind of situation um i think for me uh one of the um if you know sim- similar to espn sports center's reverse top 10 uh i guess the 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 goal of the week um and it's unclear who this play it, it, it's unclear who this player is and the and the and the teams that they play for um but when he a player scored on is on loan uh to another club and scored on that club, sending them back down into relegation. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he if scored that, against his parent club while on loan, you know, with this other team, and that goal is what relegated his his parent club. And, and go go ahead. Sorry, let me let you finish. Go ahead. Well, well no. The, the, only, the only thing I was at is watching his parents' club, his, his parent club players chase him throughout <laughs> that, that the, the best part. So chase him around the pitch, um, and and him, you know, obviously, fight, you know, running for his literal life, um, uh, you know, because I'm sure after the game they they probably wanted to make that a permanent loan, um, uh, because he probably is never welcome back uh, in his parents' club's uh, colors, obviously, and I can't even imagine, like, imagine if. Um, 
and uh, this is going to hurt uh, Joseph a little bit, but imagine if Rob Van Persie, after transferring to United, uh, had and I know you're and I know he is a snake uh-huh. to y'all, but imagine if he had if he was on loan, not uh-huh. a transfer, um, or if it was Sol Campbell on, on a loan to Arsenal, um, coming from coming from Spurs and sending Spurs down its regulation, or Rob Van Persie as another example, sending Arsenal down its like I can't even imagine what that would look like in the Prem or really any other top tier league. I've never seen like this is this is another thing just like that eight red just like the eight red card uh situation we we were we were talking about earlier in the show this is another yeah, I mean, I've, I've never seen this before I mean like okay so like you can't blame the lad for taking that chance No of he's course not do, He's there to do a professional job for the club that he was loaned out to the situation right. being what it is to make it seem like you know he Meant that out of malicious intent. That, that yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if that's I, chasing him around the pitch for doing his job. Like that's just kind of like it's kind of harsh, isn't it? But on the other mm-hmm. hand, emotions yeah. being what they are, yes, he can absolutely get the hands. Like he can definitely, you know, get, you know, quite a few of these uppercuts to the face. You know, maybe the chin area. You know, a couple yeah, black eyes. Yeah, like, you know, I can see why they chased him around there and they wanted to kill him. Like, emotions and, and the football being an emotional sport, I, I get it because of the circumstances. But we're not yeah, absolutely going to blame this lad outside no, of, like, bantering purposes. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what's the alternative? He's got he's got the shot. What does he, like, put it into the stands or, you know, kick it to the it's corner? It's like, what... right? Yeah, like... yeah. It, it's one of those things where, like, look, I mean, uh, you know, I'm glad that it happened because when we have video, because this is just, it was so hilarious. It was immediate. The players changed. It wasn't like they, after the game, like kind of try to talk to him. And then it was like, no, no, no. This was like, he scored. <laughs> he scored automatically there on him, like white or rice. Like it was just, you know, it, I, the only thing that was missing is like the, like the uh, you know the old school like clown music or whatever you know the chase music from one of those like oh, black like and white films or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like you know like that's the only thing <laughs> exactly, exactly that's literally the only thing yeah, 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 the yeah. video was missing um, but again like I said you can't you, the, this and this is exactly why leagues have these rules right about not um, you know being able to play against your parent club because you never want to be put in that position. But I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it almost happened in cup play when uh, United was playing against Sheffield United. Obviously, Dean Henderson is being is is one of our goalkeepers and he's likely Mm -hmm. going to be our permanent goal. He's probably going to be second to David De Gea next season with Sergio Romero uh, uh, with with Sergio Romero's contract running out. But he's right now loaned out to Sheffield United. We played them in League Cup play and he was originally the starting keeper he's obviously their starting keeper obviously the the rule states you don't you don't play against your parent club that rings true for the, for this case and maybe yeah they could have activated that clause like if that's a clause that was available to them obviously that's the case right, right. like i just genuinely don't see any, any why there'd be any love lost here like mm. you know he 
the lad went out there and he was put out on loan to impress. What's more mm-hmm. impressive than being so ruthless a finisher that you score the goal that sends your parent club down like that? That yeah. is to be applauded. Give that lad a bonus. That's what I yeah. say. Like, <laughs> like that's never going to happen. For I mean, the the possibility of that happening again to the club in such a short space of time is slim to none. Like that is, you know, chasing him around the pitch and all that sort of stuff to scare him or kill him or to, you know to take your frustrations <laughs> out on him. Like you know, that just, that's just every time we say that, I just I just picture it because it's just. It's, 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 they are genuinely chasing this lad down like he stole something. Like it's unbelievable. <laughs> Like, he stole a suckling pig. I figured it out. He has he has a suckling suckling pig Ronaldinho. <laughs> well, see, this is much more of a see. I love how this comes full circle, but because this is much more of an explanation that I've got than I actually do have for you know Ronaldinho and the secret pork chop situation. Like I don't really understand. I don't get. Don't get me started on that. Look back to the whole thing. The whole thing that we're talking about here is yeah, yeah. It's it was wild from a perspective of wow you sent your parent club down, but it's not right. like no you're definitely going to get the hands and we're going to break both of your legs <laughs> kind of situation. It just didn't call for that. That I thought that was the most bizarre part of the video. It's like you're chasing him for what? Like you clearly weren't going to start him at any point. He was not in your plans this season. That's why he you loaned him out. Yeah. Exactly. That's now it's you come back to bite you because, you know, what yourself. does the great Monique say? When you do clownery, <laughs> clown comes back to bite you. you. got, I mean, that for me is hilarious. It's not worth saying, you know, how dare him. No, good on him. I think that's fantastic. Anyway. Well, and, 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 and speaking of clownery, I'm going to see, see the floor to Sheldon and his and 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 his particular favorite club because yeah. they, because they did something uh, that was very cool and obviously uh, Sheldon I, I you know I I know it was added to the docket and I, and I know it is your club so I'm going to cede the floor to you to talk and give your club love because you know that's what you're going to do anyway so go ahead yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. so yeah let me let me just mention. Um, again, talking about the implications of coronavirus that go deeper than what happens on the pitch. Um, you know, one of the things that, and this is what I love about the club, and I'm sure there are probably similar things that happen in other clubs, but I know um, Liverpool is very much so connected to the local community. And so one of the things that happens in every game is that there's a collection of goods to uh, be distributed to, you know, with the local folks who uh, need the resources. But obviously, with football not being played, those collections, the ability to collect those items is limited, but people still need stuff, right? Um, And even more so, when you start thinking about, you know, the money that this was bringing into the city that now is not there, so, you know, that number of people who need that, you know, probably uh, increased. And so what uh, Hendo, our captain, um, and, and others on the team did is they stepped up and they donated um, you know, money to pay for those supplies and to pay for that um, that collection to still go on for folks in the meantime. So, you know, they basically stepped in and said, hey, look, whatever, you know, you all aren't able to collect, uh, we'll make up that difference for whatever is needed to go ahead and make sure the people of Liverpool are, 
you know, still taken care of. And and that to me, um, one is football. That is like the best of what football is. Um, and then as well, you know, obviously, again, just to talk about my club, the club that I love. <laughs> but that's that's really that's 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 really the spirit of you'll never walk alone. So there we go. I had to I had to do it. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. So, um, but you know, again, I think, like I said, this story, um, again, is a reminder about the impact that it has, but then also, again, how we all need to just be stepping up to, you know, take care of. Uh, those folks uh, who aren't as fortunate or I guess they just need that support during this time. So, Oh yeah, uh, for real. And, you know, obviously uh, I think because we're all in quarantine and everybody, you know, the, 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 the entire world is to a certain extent trying to deal with this pandemic um, and football is not alone in that regard. And obviously the people affected are not alone either. And obviously this, this podcast, I hope, and I think everybody else would would agree. Uh, the, 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 the Banter Pub wants everyone to use this opportunity to take care of themselves, wash your hands, do what you have to do to practice good hygiene. Um, but also, uh, you know, if you find yourself looking for a release and you need a great podcast to listen to, please give the Banter Pub FC podcast a, a chance. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will obviously come back next week with another uh, like-minded episode, hopefully with some lighter topics again. Uh, and thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, uh, and share. And we look forward to bringing you this podcast again next week. Have a good weekend, y'all. Bye. Bye.